Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. Hey, today we have an, a special guest. We're going to be talking to Dave Wernley from Identity and Wholeness about the three fears about hearing God's calling in your life. Welcome, Dave. Thank you, Dr. Patty. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself and your ministry. Okay. So my wife and I uh, do a website called identityandwholeness.com. We write a lot about inner healing and about intimacy with Jesus. And I am a calling coach. I help discourage Christians hear God for their calling for real. These are people who feel like God talks to everybody else but them. Mm-hmm. And they learn that no, God wants to talk to all of us. They can they make the paradigm shift from believing God doesn't want to talk to them to God does want to talk to them and actually hearing God for themselves. And I know that you 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 emphasize that we can hear God with all of our senses, and I absolutely agree with that. So when I say hearing, I don't mean just hearing. I don't want to limit God to one out of the five senses. I I just use that right. as a synonym for right. communicating with God. But that can involve right. visions, that can involve, you know, special experiences with Jesus, that can involve time in your special place, or or journaling, hearing God while you're journaling, or when you're reading the word, I know people that get full motion video, however God mm-hmm. wants to communicate with that person individually. Right. So your your hearing is is equal to my encountering or experiencing. So yes. we both mean the same thing. All yes. right. That sounds great. So tell me a little bit about how this topic of these specific three fears about people being sort of afraid of their callings. What's the, what's the history behind that? What's the story behind it? So as I've worked with Christians to hear God for the calling of their life, sometimes they approach it with kind of fear and trepidation of, yeah, I'm not really sure I want to hear God's calling on my life. And they're kind of afraid of approaching him for that. And I found that these three reasons kind of float to the top. Often it's um, one of these particular three reasons. So I'm, my hope is that by talking about these, people will realize they don't have to be afraid of approaching God. The interesting thing is all three of these fears are not unfounded. <laughs> they can all happen, but they all have the implicit assumption running through them that that means it won't be good i can't Mm. trust god if this thing happens it'll be bad my my life will be a wreck it'll be scary and the truth is it's still good god is still good even in the middle of these and god is with us in them and the the beautiful thing about jesus whatever else he does we're 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 never alone he's always with us that's right whether we feel him or not and that's not even you know, when we get through these three, um, we'll see that there are other common things that that kind of flow through the them as themes, you know, to help us figure out how to overcome them. But let's dive into the first fear. What is the first fear? So fear number one is I'm afraid God will ask me to do something I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, or another way to say it is it's it won't be good. What God asked me to do, it won't be good. It'll be something I hate, um, and, I, and I'll feel guilty about doing it. So rather than living my life in guilt and regret, I would just rather not know. I would rather not hear it. No, it's interesting that you say you'd be guilty n- doing it. 
because in my uh, experience, it would make me feel more guilty if I felt God was calling me to do it, to not do it. So talk to me more about how people feel guilty for doing it. I think they're afraid they're going to either feel guilty for not doing it or feel guilty for doing it, but not wanting to do it. Fe- oh, feel, feel guilty, guilty for, for doing it out of drudgery. Mm, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you believe that fear is stemming from? I think it comes from a misunderstanding of who God is. Mm. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we distrust or believe that he's good. I think intellectually, we would all give intellectual assent to that. But down in our heart where it gets scary sometimes, sometimes we don't believe at a heart level where the fears live that God is really good, that he'll mm-hmm. really ask me to do something good and it'll be okay. We're, we're afraid that he's going to ask us to move to Antarctica and evangelize penguins or something. <laughs> and um, He's not. Or a- actually, when we when we s- prepared for this episode, you, you made the, the good point that he might, in, in the sense that he asked Jonah to do something Jonah hated. Um, but that was because Jonah wasn't in touch with his heart. If Jonah had been in touch with his heart, he'd have had the same compassion on the people of Nineveh that God did. And it wouldn't have mm-hmm. been this big burden that he had to run the other way from. So I think if, if we're honestly trying to hear God's voice, we're honestly trying to, with a willing heart, hear his calling on our life, it's not going to be something we hate. It's going to be something that, at least in my experience for people, it's it's been something they've wanted to do they they'd be thrilled to do but they but they're af- afraid to do for maybe the the other fears or they think it it's that that's too good to be true well and i would i would add i would add that sometimes you think you'll hate something and you actually won't hate it when you get going on it and so i had shared with you dave that there was a friend of mine who had been prophesied over at least six times that she was supposed to write a book. She didn't see herself as a writer, but God saw her as a writer. You know the difference? Mm -hmm. And he also was going to be the united Christ, uh, Christ her was going to write it. Mm -hmm. And so she was, I, I did not, her identity didn't line up with the assignment in her mind. It was, it was her personal starting with herself and not with what God saw her to -hmm. be able to do. And at the sixth time, a prophetic person told her she was supposed to write a book. She finally tuned to to the flow and asked the Lord if she was supposed to write a book. Well, Mm -hmm. it was actually interesting that in through the journal, through that experience of learning that she had to get over the fact that she actually wasn't a bad writer. God was just a better writer. <laughs> so if she got I out of that. his way and her way, the experience of learning how to write was pleasurable. And she was able to bless people when she finally did obey that voice and do it. Mm. So a lot of it, I think, does have to do with understanding that we do need to connect with God's heart for what does he love and have what he loves trump 
be bigger than cover what we hate. And, and then when we connect with his heart, he begins to have our heart burn for the same thing his heart burns for. That's well said. Yeah. Thank you. So sometimes he will, in fact, in my experience, I think he'll always ask us to go outside of our comfort zone. And in most people's experience, they say no at first because of them looking at their own limitations and, Mm -hmm. and then they may say yes. um, If they get, if he presses hard enough, they'll say yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's true because he always calls us to something bigger than ourselves. He oh, always yes. calls us to something we can't do by ourselves. So right. whatever he says, it's like, God, I can't do this. He's like, yeah, I know you're right. I need to do it with you. But he loves the partnership with us. He loves to do right. it with us. Right, right, right. Which kind of leads us to the second fear, doesn't it? It does. Yes. Fear number two is I'm afraid of getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so um, I'm afraid I'm going to charge off down a rabbit hole and do the wrong thing and waste my life on the wrong, the wrong thing. And the right. truth is, again, if you're if your heart is focused on God and you're really, truly wanting to uh, hear God's heart for your life, you're not going to get it wrong for long. <laughs> the truth is, we are going to get it wrong partially. But as we step into that, God will give us the course corrections we need. Yeah, truly, I think we only get it wrong if we are going our own way for him and not learning how to seek his will and do it with him. We can get it wrong if we just take the wheel ourselves and leave him behind. But in in hearing him and seeking him for a calling, he can't, he won't let you, if you're seeking him, if you're asking, seeking and knocking for his guidance, he won't let you get it wrong. So yeah, it's really that's... more about making sure he is in the center of what you're doing and not you. That's, I think, key in this one. That's well said. Yeah. As, as long as we're seeking him. And, and again, there's, there's this fear of, well, but if I get it wrong, it won't be good. I'll mess everything up. But the truth is, his ability to communicate with us is much greater than our ability to mess it up. <laughs> as as yeah. long as, like you said, we're truly seeking after him. You know, if we're strong arming him and saying, this close God and no closer, I'm going to do my own thing, then he'll be like, okay, have fun with that. <laughs> and when it crash and burns, yeah. he'll be like, okay, how about my way now? Yeah, how about my way now? And I have a funny story about that because I did waste five months. I got uh, a a two hour download about clips that move mountains and uh, you know, had quite a little, quite a lot of blueprint connected to the assignment on that receiving two hours of a download related to it. But what I did is, okay, I got it from here. God, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> two hour download. <laughs> I'll take it from here. I'll take it from, I got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. So we do have a tendency to either, I think in, in um, maybe the first fears direction, we can lag behind God and just not do it, you know, mm-hmm. just not do it. And then in the, uh, in this fear, it's sort of like going the, what if I get ahead of him and I screw it up? Right. Yeah. Well, and in my case, I got ahead of him and got in the way. And after five months of that, he finally said, "Are okay, are you ready now for me to actually... <laughs> 
Are you going to walk with me in it or no? Yeah. You got it. Okay. All right. That wasted some time. Okay. You ready? Let's do this together. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, so he, I mean, I, he, he's just, he's a gentleman. He's waiting for you to figure it out. <laughs> we don't do, don't do things for me, do things with me. You know? Yeah, he really is. And he'll, and he'll wait if we do, if we don't want him, if we charge on, on ahead. He, he's kind of like, okay, good luck with that. Yeah. And, let's see um, what, let's see what lessons are learned and you know and even in the in the mistakes mm-hmm. um there are crazy important lessons that are learned in the mistakes yes and that's that's important but we also want to talk about you know that it's a it's an underlying fear i think about getting it wrong that i want you to speak into a little bit about what if I'm not qualified? Can you speak to that? Oh, that's good. Yeah. That kind of goes into fear number three is I'm afraid I can't live up to it. What if I'm not mm. qualified? What if I can't do this? And God's like, yeah, you're right. You can't do this. Um, but you don't have to do this alone. I'm going to be with you. And the beauty of it is when God talks to Gideon and Moses and all these people in the Bible, they get these crazy big callings and they have all these excuses. God never discounts the objections they bring up. He just ignores mm-hmm. them. He says, nevertheless, I will be with you. You know, the right. Gideon, he said, haven't I sent you? You know, it'll be fine. I know you're the smallest person in your family and the smallest family in Israel, but it'll be fine. Go in the strength you have, and I will be with you. And in Moses, he's like, I will be with you. Nevertheless, mm-hmm. I know you stutter. I know you're scared. I, I know you're afraid they won't believe you. But nevertheless, I will be with you. So he there, there's a, a saying I'm sure you've heard. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. And that's the point. Because he qualifies you. Yes. You don't qualify you and the world doesn't qualify you. Yes. Okay. So there are people that will say, um, well, I don't have this positional authority in the church or I don't have, they keep thinking, well, God's given me this assignment, but I'm a nobody. Well, you've just given us a couple great examples of biblical people that approached him with that very fear saying, yeah. look, I'm, I'm from the least of the tribes. What look at you chose me. I stutter. I mean, so, and thinking that, you know, well, I'm not even in the, the elders of the church. I mean, why would you use me for such a magnanimous assignment when I'm nothing? Well, the bottom line is he loves to work the through the weakness he works his strength through your weakness and we just need to realize that it isn't anything about us or about other what other people say that qualifies us the assignment given to you is your evidence of qualification yes right yes that's really good <clears throat> that's really good and another great example is um jeremiah called to be a prophet to israel He's this young guy, this this young kid. And he says, when God calls him in Jeremiah 1, 7, he, he says, I'm too young. You got to be kidding, God. I'm too young. Right. I can't do this. They look right. down on the young. I'm not an elder. I'm not even, you know, I'm, I'm way too young. Right. And, and God actually tells him in his call, 
yeah, the whole country's going to fight against you, but don't worry. I'll, I'll be with you. It'll be okay. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. um, can we go back to that whole country's going to fight against me thing? <laughs> right. I mean, there are some Bible heroes that have had some really, really challenging lives. And, yeah. uh, and it's it's interesting to watch their journeys from to and even discovering who they were and how you know to to live out these destinies i mean some of them really had some challenges so he will he picks he he picks ordinary people who wind up looking extraordinary and it's all because they've learned to follow him yeah and to obey Obey the call. Obey the call. And when those hard things ha happen, it's not like God's surprised going, oh, wow, you know, I guess the front office missed that one. Yeah. Like like he says to Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah 119, they will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Jeremiah is going, um, what exactly is going to happen that you're going to need to rescue me? Can we talk about that a little bit? Guys, <laughs> like you'll be fine. Don't worry. Yeah, you'll have fun so, eventually. So uh, this discussion reminds me of a lyric from Misty Edwards' oracle song from the House of Prayer in Kansas City, where they receive basically musical, you know, oracles from the Lord. And in one of them, one of the lines that she has in there is that I knew what I was getting into when I called you. So it's oh, like, uh, are you yeah. telling me that I'm making a mistake by choosing you? Because I kind of <laughs> know how the story turns out, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah. we just need to, sometimes we just need to remember he's God, we're not, and he still wants to partner with us. Yeah, which is amazing if you think about it. I mean, that's that's raw love right there that God knows all of my failings, all of my inadequacies, and he still wants to partner with me and he still wants to partner with you and everyone listening. Mm -hmm. He knows all of that. And he still wants to partner with us. He's like, yeah, I can work with that. I can work with that. And he can work with you listener. And yeah. I, I just want to, I, I just want to share something that Jesus said because at the core, these three fears have one thing in common. They all begin with self-limiting assumptions, mm. right? That's good. Yes, I begin do. with myself, and that makes me, uh, you know, in the first fear, um, what was the first fear again? I'm afraid he's going to do something I don't want to do. Right. I begin with myself. I don't want to do that. The second fear is I'll get it wrong. The third fear is, what was the third fear? I'm afraid I can't live up to it. I can't. I'm afraid. It's all me, isn't it, Dave? It is. They all three start with self. All okay. start with self. So what did Jesus have to say? This is from my Meet the Bridegroom chapter of encountering the love of God, but my encountering my how to encounter the love of God book. He says, you must remove self from the equation. Removing self is a process of onion layers. Self issues pop up in so many areas of life. And this is what you said your work is about, right, Dave? 
um, bringing people to wholeness. He said, self-consciousness is essentially the fear of man's reaction, needing the approval of others and caring about what people think more than what I think, he says. Self-effort is when you think you don't need me. And this is a pervasive problem. I find people praying to me only when all things fail, all Mm. else fails. The lie of self-sufficiency is a lie of unneed. Believing that you don't need me has led lives, many lives down the road to destruction, beginning with Adam and Eve at the beginning of time. Selfishness is when you care about your own wants above the needs of others. More importantly, my will. Selfishness is the opposite of love because it completely forsakes me. Self-promotion is rooted in ego and it principally is about serving yourself. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve yourself and me. The pr- to purpose in your spirit to give me all is to decide, to decide to agree with me. It is in your best interest because I am the omni-god. I know everything, see everything, have some sovereign control over everything, and I'm always benevolent. And love. Mm. It's acknowledging that I have the Jeremiah 29 11 very best plans for you. And there are no, there is no better person to trust with your life than me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus's two cents on the topic today. Mm. I love that. Something you something he, he said to you in there, I have your best interest in mind. Yes. And that's like another theme running through all three of these is it's not going to be good. God doesn't have my best interest in mind. It's going to be something right. I hate. I'll get it wrong or I'll fail at it and be filled with shame. Right. Because God doesn't have my best interest in mind. He's calling me to do something that in the end I'm going to look back on and say that wasn't good. And it's it's a lack of trust of God. And uh, when you get to know Jesus, he so loves us. He's so passionate he calls us to do these crazy things that are way bigger than us Mm -hmm. but we always look back and go wow that was amazing god how did you do that thank you for partnering with me in doing that amazing kingdom thing you did that you just let me be a part of amen amen and these fears are birthed by you know just um the stuff that you you heal people of. Talk a little bit about where these fears can come from and how your ministry, for example, helps people address them. I think a lot of them come from shame. Well, kind of kind of two sources. One, a, a misunderstanding of God. Like you, mm-hmm. you read in what Jesus told um, shared with you mm-hmm. in, in your journal, um, in, in the book. Um, there's really two sources where that comes from or that we help people with one is their understanding of who God is. As you Mm -hmm. read in your, in your chapter there in your book, that's what I call the ATM God. We forget about God when we don't need anything, but when we need something, then we go to our Mm -hmm. ATM and we treat him like an ATM. Mm -hmm. Um, And then secondly, it's shame. We're afraid to come to God because of shame and inner healing is a lot about healing shame. Uh, Mm. godly guilt says i made a mistake shame says i am 
a mistake. Oh, that's so good. That's such a helpful um, distinction. Yeah. Yeah. So God wants to heal that because in, in God's mind, you were never the mistake. We are not the sum of what we do. We are not the sum of our actions. We are people who God desperately loves. Yes, yes, we are. Amen to that. Amen. You know, and the shame can be birthed by just uh, unloving authority figures in our lives and just the pain of being in this fallen world. And no one sort of grows up or the Bible doesn't even promise that we're going to have a pain-free life. He just promises he'll be with us through it. So. Um, yeah, and that shame yeah. can come through no fault of our own. If someone's abused, that was never right. their fault. They were never right. created to be like that. That was never their fault. Right. Um, but our reaction to it is because this bad thing happened to me. Um, now, what am I judging about myself? What conclusions am I drawing about myself? Oh, I'm dirty. I'm not worth anything. No one will mm -hmm. ever love me. So I live a life picking people that will never love me, choosing to enter in relationship with people to fulfill that, that lie I believe about myself. What do I believe mm -hmm. about God? What do I believe about the world, about how I'll be treated? And the process of inner healing is identifying those lies right. and replacing them with God's truth. That's right. That's exactly how, how it works. You identify the lie that you've believed in, the behavior that it's caused as a result, and then you know, what we do is bring Jesus into the picture so he can reframe and help us understand the truth from the word of God that will set us free, heal, you know, sometimes the repentance is evolved, heal you yes. and seal it up. And, you know, when you walk with him day by day by day, become stronger and stronger in him to be able to heal even the, the onion layers of everything that needs to be healed. So. Yeah. Yes, that's really well said. We get used to hearing the truth. We get used to hearing God's truth so that when Satan comes around with that um, hors d'oeuvre plate of lies, you know, for me, mm -hmm. it was self-hatred. You know, it's like something that's hard and Satan comes around with that tray of self-hatred. Look, Dave, you used to love these lies about self-hatred. Why don't you have one of these? Look, it's wrapped in bacon. Wrapped in bacon. It's like, no, I'm not eating off that tray anymore. I believe what God says. I don't call myself those names anymore. Amen. That's so good. Let's go. Okay, well, we're just about out of our time. Is there anything you'd like to folks to know about your ministry, how to connect with you? And um... So we, we have a free guide on the website, identityandwholeness.com. Mm -hmm. Um. You could just go to that page and there's a free guide there that's 14 days to hearing God. It's just simple 10, 15 minutes a day designed for busy people. There's a short prayer prompt and then some space to journal what you hear. And you just write down your th thoughts. And again, you're in the space of wanting to hear God and he wants to talk to you more than you want to hear him. Believe me. So at some point as you're writing things down, it, it changes into God's thoughts. And I'm sure you've seen this with dialogue journaling, Dr. Patty, um, mm -hmm. but it's, it's a great way for people who don't think God talks to them to realize, Oh, God is talking to me a lot more than I realize. Yeah. In fact, and I've said this on other podcasts, if God stopped speaking, all creation would cease to exist because the vibration of his voice 
Mm. is what's keeping everything alive. So if you can't hear him, it's not because he's not speaking. It's because you need to learn how to tune into his voice. So um, thank you so much. Any last comments that you want to say, Dave, before we... I, I don't think so. I just wanted to thank you for having me on. It's really been a pleasure to get to know you. And uh, yeah. thank you for having me on the podcast. And bless you and your ministry and stick around for our encounter. Thank you. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. After playing with Jesus in the special place for a little while, I want you to have a heart-to-heart conversation about any fears that you have about going full force on for the calling that God has on your life. And maybe there are the fears we talked about, and maybe it's something else, but the Lord knows exactly what it is. And just have a conversation. Let him him talk to you about his heart for you why he's qualified you for what he's got for you, and then allow him to take you on a journey where he gives you a glimpse of you fulfilling that destiny that he called you when he wrote the book of life about you before you were even born. In our workshop recently, we had Jesus take us to the library room of heaven And he pulled off the book that he wrote about you before you were born and allow him to show you what's in it so that you know what he believes you for in this life. Take all the time you need and record it all in your journal. I hope Jesus encouraged you in that last encounter and that you have an increased confidence and boldness and faith to go forward to walk out the destiny that he planned for you in your Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 plan. Boldly, courageously, and unapologetic because you are not alone. He is with you. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.